Welcome to the Christology Podcast, Jesus at the Center. My name is Minister Ty, so happy to be here. I'm here with my co-host, Dave Nielsen. We have a great show for you. How are you doing today, Dave? Hey, man, good. Good to be here. Yes, yes. You know, it's uh, tomorrow's what, Memorial Day? Yep. Yeah, it's going to be a great day. Thank you for all who have served, all who have died for our country. We definitely want to... Uh, give you your due um, on our show because it's very essential uh, of the life that you've lived and the life that those our fallen soldiers have lived and the life that we continue to live even those who are living who still experience a lot of pain and trauma from what they have experienced um Amen. talk to me Dave what's, what's going on new with your life <laughs> oh gosh just um uh, I don't know. You bring up memorializing um, one another as as we should rightly do. I was just thinking of Jesus when you were saying that, you know. Nice. And it's cool that we're doing a, a Christian martyr on this one, Perpetua. It's cool that we're going to be talking about her. Isn't that isn't that awesome? I just kind of got that point, too. I just got it. I said, wow, uh, we yeah, are uh, going to talk about a martyr today, a woman uh, who represents the essence of femininity and motherhood. Her name is Perpetua, and this show is entitled Perpetua, a Woman of Valor. Reminds me of Psalms, uh, I'm sorry, Proverbs 31, 10. It says, who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies? Uh, we have um, plenty of women in our lives, and women are so important. But we're going to get into a strong, strong, strong woman who decided against all odds Against logic, against reason, she decided that Jesus was the way for her to go. Perpetua. Uh, about what time was this around, Dave? This was, uh, she lived the, from in the years 181 to 203, approximately AD. So about 200 years after Jesus, about 170 years after Jesus walked the earth. Nice, nice. And so it's essential that when we get into this story that, um, look, we don't, we're not, this isn't, this isn't a bedtime story. This is not a story that we want to talk to you about. And you just say, you know what, that's a good story. Let me, you know, go to sleep on that. What we want you to do is consider your life. And one of the biggest things about your life that I want you to consider, this is all the listeners, including the two of us, like, how far are we willing to go for the gospel? Mm -hmm. You know, how far are we willing to go for the gospel? And I wanted to make right. that very clear as we start this story. Now, as far as scripture, this episode we're quoting is directly from the book, uh, Readings and Christian Thought. And that's the second edition edited by um, Hugh T. Kerr. And it's published by the Abingdon Press. Um, the scriptural references are will be throughout. That's what we're going to deal with here. So we're going to read an excerpt from that book. But let's talk about the theology first. I want you to jump in, Dave, whenever you feel the need to uh, to jump in. All right. Thanks. Yeah. Well, right there, actually, what got my attention was uh, Kerr calls this a theological witness. So that means seeing theology in action. So if our theological belief is, remember, theology is how we think about God. Christology is how we think, think about Jesus, which is vital to get to theology. We need Christology first. Absolutely. Uh, so a witness of, of that is um, seeing it play out in real life. So this is an example. Yes. And these are Christian martyrs, Christology, but is also considered a theological witness. So I want to definitely uh, everyone to, again, consider Christ. They, they were dying for 
Christ. You know, it's funny. I, I read the, uh, in church today, we're talking about Acts when Peter, when the Holy Spirit fell and the people began to speak with other tongues, tongues on the day of Pentecost, what happened was the people on the outside, some of them at the end of it, some of them said, these guys are drunk, obviously. Some said, we hear our tongue, we hear our language, but others said, what must we do? Mm. They understood just as, you know, the publisher and the writer of this and the people who were witnesses. This is a special moment. This is a special moment in history, just as the day of Pentecost. So was this day in the life of our young martyr, young woman, beautiful woman, Perpetua, who we're going to talk about. Now, uh, I'll read uh, the early Christian martyrs, as much as by their deaths, as by their lives or by what they wrote, provided a valid, if often gruesome, theological witness, as you stated, to the reality and the vitality of the Christian faith. Ignatius Polycarp uh, knew John, the beloved disciple. Justin Augustine esteemed her. And Tertullian wrote introduction and her conc and conclusion. There are six and 14th century mosaics of, of scenes from her writings. Her witness is confirmed, though she is hardly mentioned due to developing dominant patriarchal influences. Perpetua, like Dave stated, no, he didn't say this. They, uh, Perpetua was a 22-year-old mother who lived in North Africa in Carthage uh, and used to take uh, 181 to 203 A.D., as a believer in Jesus, she would not worship the Roman emperor and pagan gods. Christians face routine imprisonment and frequent execution being thrown to gladiators and wild animals in this time of the early church. Now, now let me paint the scene. Now, it is sport. You know, these Christians are doing such bold move that these Roman uh, officers, these Roman senators, these Roman uh emperors this they they're seeing this as sport to get these people these crazy people called christians and play games with them creatively they're making up games some people they they will stick a a, a big bear on they uh, uh you know of course lions and tigers and bears oh my uh just all types of fun you know of course it's not fun i shouldn't say fun but to them they would make up and create new ways to martyr these christians but they did not know people would come to these coliseums and say, these people are crazy. But then some people will say, wait a minute. They have to know something that I don't know to be able to do this. You know, yeah, these, that these emperors were doing everything they could to stomp it out. Uh, and, and this was the, you know, the best they could come up with. And these guys, remember these uh, Roman emperors would, they wanted more than anything to be remembered. Yes. Mm. They're not, they're, they're in books somewhere, but they're not being talked about on a Sunday night. Like, Perpetua, that's right. You know, that's right. Exactly. Isn't that awesome? They, Ooh, that is so awesome. They want it to be remembered. Matter of fact, all Perpetua had to say is what, uh, hell Caesar, you know, Caesar's yep. God, yep. you know, and they would have let her go home, you know, man, how much more us, man, the year of 2023, the year of our Lord, uh, what is your, what is your, um, what's your confession? Will you be able to confess Christ amongst your friends? I promise you, they don't have knives or guns. They don't have yeah. a, a wild, wild animals waiting to eat you up. Will you profess Christ for your friends? Because here's the thing. I want everybody to understand this. 
You have an area of responsibility. I cannot witness to your friends. That's your job. You can tell them what we said, of course. And there will be times when I'll have a chance to witness, possibly to witness to your friends. But however, you're the voice. The Bible says, how will they know? How will they know if they have not heard? And how will they know without a preacher? While you don't have a tie or a, a preacher's collar on, it's your job to deliver the word of God, especially if you believe it. You don't you don't know this, but you can be saving their generation. You should be you could be saving their kids, their mother, their, their wives, their spouse, their husbands. That's why God gives us this gift of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to get into the story. I don't want to preach too long because I want you to understand. I want you to feel. I want you to feel, not feel. I want you to feel the pain, the suffering, the direct thought, and the indirect thought. And just to, just go there and be there with Perpetual and the rest of the people who were uh, martyred. She was martyred with a young lady named Felicity who had just had a baby. I think she was eight months pregnant when she had the baby. And they were both killed by uh, a mad cow. I know, no, Felicity was. Uh, Perpetual was, uh, she was uh, hurt and injured by this mad cow, but then a, a young gladiator had to finish the job and she actually had to help the gladiator out. So I want to read an excerpt from uh, this book by- uh, And this is- yeah, and I just want to say this is her journal. She wrote up to the point, uh, actual Perpetua wrote up to the point that we're gonna that we're gonna read. Okay, it's her journal. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll start from the beginning. Her story begins as she and a group of believers had been detained by police. Her father has been desperately trying to talk to her, talk her out of the belief her beliefs. Perpetua writes. At this time, we were baptized, and the Spirit instructed me not to request anything from the baptismal waters except endurance of physical suffering. Which I want to stop there. Um, Dave was kind of talking to me about the spiritual gifts, and I was like, you know, I don't really understand. Uh, only, you know, of course, the only gift I felt with the Spirit to be able to suffer was the Spirit of grace, which means, like he told Paul, like, my grace is sufficient for you, and my strength is made perfect in your weakness as perpetual and the rest of the martyrs are going through this understand that there's a spiritual gift that is being exercised and god is gracing them to be able to handle the situation but dave mentioned another spiritual gift and i kind of want you to talk about this i want everybody to consider this in your life yeah. course, sir. it's very scary and um it sort of gives me pause but um you know god will let you know if you have it it's it's martyrdom it's uh the gift of being willing um, to be a martyr. And for this reason right here, that we're sitting here talking about her story and learning from it and gaining strength by it. Mm. Are you willing, are you willing to die for the cause? You know, is the gospel worth that much to you to say, you know what, I'm willing to die and to be present with the Lord. Even Paul says to die is uh, Christ. I mean, to live is Christ, but to die is gain, which means if I die, I'm with, I'm with Jesus. So, I'm in a better place, not just not just martyrdom, but also the spiritual gift of suffering, being willing to go through for the sake of the gospel, knowing that at the end, at the end, God will have his um, God will have his way in your life. You will receive the good of the land if you keep on believing. If you continue in my word, Jesus said, then you will be my disciples and you'll know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Are you willing to suffer for the truth? 
Are you willing to continue even though you don't see the manifestation of the gift? That's what we must focus on. All right. Right. And this is about as deep as it gets. Like, um, I just, this is not an easy process, you know, to work. This is working out one's own salvation with fear and trembling. Uh, it doesn't come easy. It shouldn't. The realization, uh, the, the thinking of, of how real is my faith, it plays out in our lives. So it's not something to just, you know, say, yeah, I've got it. Um, we should, we should consider it and, and speak about it, but it's not, this is a very deep thing. It's very deep. And and the idea is uh, to allow the spirit to put you in a place where you can be the person God's called you to be. This is a spiritual gift. You understand when we say spiritual gift, this is not a natural gift because naturally dying seems like the end. But as a person of God, a Christian, a believer in Christ, uh, we live the eternal life. God says that they shall not perish, but have eternal life, which means that we live forever. And that's something that that's the advantage of being a Christian. So they understood honestly that when they die, they're going to be absent from the body, absent from the physical earth, but they're going to be present with God. So let's read a little further. A few days later, we were imprisoned. I was terrified because never before had I experienced such darkness. Oh, wow. I hate dark. What a terrible day. Because of crowded situation. Because of crowded conditions and rough treatment by the soldiers, the heat was unbearable. My condition was aggravated by my anxiety for my baby. That's that motherhood thing. Then Tertullius and Pomponius, those kind deacons who were taking care of our needs, paid for us to be moved for a few hours to a better part of the prison where we might refresh ourselves. Leaving the dungeon, we all went about our own business. I nursed my child, who was already weak from hunger. In my anxiety for that infant, I spoke to my mother about him, tried to console my brother, and asked that they take care for my son. I suffered intensely because I sensed their agony on my account. That's empathy, love like Jesus. Uh, these were the trials I had to endure for many days. Then I was granted the privilege, the gratitude of having my son remain with me in prison. Being relieved of my anxiety and concern for the infant, I immediately regained strength. Suddenly, the prison became my palace, and I love being there rather than other places. Amen. <laughs> That's what stopped me in my tracks when I when yeah. I read that. Mm-hmm. In yeah. school, just reading this, my prison became my palace. Like, I want that. I want to be able to do that in life. Turn to Philippians 4.12. Philippians 4.12, and it reads, I know how both to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Perpetual fine, she what she did, she found a place within what she was going through where she could experience God's love and she know that God was with her. It's it's important that whatever state that we're in to be content, knowing that don't be content. Uh don't being content and being settled is are two different things. You can be content where you are, but you hope for, you know, you hope for the salvation of the Lord. And no matter what the salvation provides, it's important that we um that we understand that God is in control of your life. All right, let's go. Uh, so th thus far, Dave, uh, what have you 
kind of tell me your inspiration up to this point, kind of looking in to the story of Perpetua and what we can get out of this story. Even so far, you know, we have her, we have her family who's saying, what are you doing? Don't do this. Consider us, you know, her father who she loved. And she's even being, the story even says that she's actually moved when she saw her father begging, she was moved emotionally moved for, because of her love for her father. But kind of tell me where you are so far, just listening to the story thus far. Yeah, man, God's putting on my heart to just, I'm thinking of people, I, I just want to say to people listening and myself, um, yeah, this is a process. This happened so that we could see her example and talk about it. Mm-hmm. And looking back, you know, um, just, I guess what I want to say is, consider your faith be uh we should be graceful with ourselves and forgiving of ourselves sometimes i'm you know sometimes i'll be like oh my cross is out Mm -hmm. i think i want to put it in because of these people i'm dealing with i mean like i have just had very weak faith at times i've also had faith like perpetua at times Mm -hmm. um she had the gift of martyrdom i i don't so um i think it's a matter of just being honest with God and others about where we're at in our faith. Not only that, it's all about the forward motion. Uh, yeah. I, I was once a puny kid, you know, when I first started lifting weights, and I think eighth or ninth grade, I was lifting the bar. You know, everybody has to start somewhere. I, I didn't have no weights. I didn't have five or tens. I had the bar. I was a skinny kid. They called me Ty Boney as my nickname. Never called me that day. But okay. Because <laughs> I was skin and bone, I could run. Look, put me on a three point one mile course. I'm gonna. I, I set school records. I'm just not bragging yeah. about myself. It's true. But anyway, <laughs> when I started lifting weights, I started with the bar. Then all of a sudden, now I got fives on there, five pounds and ten pounds. And I remember the first time I lifted one thirty five. Two. Uh, that's a forty five plate on both sides. How good that felt. And I got up to one eighty five, and I got to two hundred and two twenty five. And it all started, though, like, look, this is your journey. This is your life journey. And look, as long as you start, as long as, long as you begin to go, as long as you been, begin to move forward, God says, surely I will show you, surely I will bring you, y'all would grow you to the point where you're doing great things. You're doing great things for me. Everybody has their gift. You can't call somebody who has the gift of uh, gift of prophecy you can't expect them to have the gift of, you know, uh, interpretation of tongues if God has not called them to have that gift. So everybody has their gift. We're talking about the gift of martyrdom, but everybody should have the gift or be willing to suffer. I want to bring up a scripture reference, another one. This scripture is found in Matthew 7, verses 24. I think I'm going to read through 25. And it reads, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which buildeth his house upon a rock. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. It's very essential that you know, like, you're going to suffer, you're going to go through situations you will have stumbling blocks in the way to get to your destination however you must realize this if you're founded upon the rock which is christ what did he tell peter 
He said, who do men say that I am? They said, some mm-hmm. say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. Some say you're one of the prophets. Then Jesus said, who do you say I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And then Jesus said, and you are Peter, you know, and upon this rock, I will build my church. He wasn't saying Peter was that rock, even though Peter, uh, the Greek word is Petra, which means a small pebble. But the rock that God's going to build his church upon is the revelation that Jesus is the Christ and he's the son of the living God. So if you build your life upon that rock, you must come to the conclusion that Jesus is the Christ and he is the son of God and he's redeemed me from my sins. And therefore I can move on. I can grow. I can suffer because throughout through the suffering, I realize that God is in control. Once you realize that, you are you are like a wise man. You're like an, to a wise man who's built his house upon that rock. So I want to encourage mm-hmm. you to believe in Jesus. All right, so let's, mm-hmm. let's read on. I think this is an awesome story. All right. Then my brother said to me, dear sister, you already have such a great reputation that you could ask for a vision indicating whether you will be condemned or freed. Since I knew that I could not speak with the Lord, whose great favors I had already experienced, I confidently promised to do so. Bold of her This brother. reminds me of your family, Ty. What do you mean? <laughs> Since I knew that I could could speak to the Lord, like the way you you all, your mom, your dad, you, your your siblings, you hear from God, and it's so natural to you. I mean, and I've come to see it over the years. Yeah. Um, so her brother's saying, hey, why don't you, like, he comes up with this idea. Why don't you pray and ask for a vision or ask God to tell you if this is the right thing? And she's like, yeah, good oh, idea. Nice. Okay. I got, I got what this is saying now. Okay. That's good. That's good. Yeah. And I, man, like I said, man, it's all about lifting that, lifting the bar. <laughs> you got to start. Look, if you keep on lifting the bar, so sometimes they're going to put 25s on that, on the, on the, on the bench press. And all yeah. of a sudden you're going to keep on, your muscles are going to get stronger. So I encourage everybody to keep on going. Let's read. Perpetual story goes on to recount several dreams and visions. In each, she exhibits her absolute faith in Jesus. Her father does everything he can to dissuade her. He is an anxious mess while she is at peace. What follows is the end of Perpetual's written journal account. And I'm going to get into that. Like, I'm a father of a daughter, and you are too, Dave. It's like, I, I, <laughs> I understand dad, man. Like, baby girl. Talia, what are you yeah. doing? What are well, you yeah. doing? <laughs> right. I mean, but, go ahead. Well, just got to have a war story and everything. I, I got to come home when my daughter Cameron was born uh, for her birth. And I came home, you know, I was home for a month. She was born. I got to stay with her for a couple of weeks after back to the war in 2005. Going back was the most difficult thing I've ever done. Leaving a baby and I'm, you know, I'm her father, but leaving my little baby behind and going back to the war. Mm. A couple guys were killed, right? You know, while I was in route back, it was horrible. Yeah. Um, and I remember people asking me like, what dude, what is wrong? And I'm like, I could not explain the pain. I didn't even understand it. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. I mean, it's not awesome, but that's, thank you for sharing that because that kind of puts it in perspective. Like, man, we we're battling this fight every day, but you know, once we consider our kids, I mean, uh, Perpetual considered her father. She mourned. She cried for her father. She had a little kid, little baby. But she decided through all that, that Jesus Christ 
was the way to go. Not only that, I'm thinking about, I'm actually thinking as, as a father, you know, sometimes we want to give our kids what we feel is the best advice, but really like God has our kid. If you claim to be Christ, I want mm. you to know this. If you claim to be a part of uh, the ministry of the unashamed, uh, part of the way uh, Jesus is your Lord and savior, God's going to take care of your kids. You keep on praying for them, even though something bad may happen. You know, like we said, bad stuff will happen. But overall, God has them under control. God has your life uh, under control. And God's going to take care of you. He says several times in the Old Testament, I'm going to take care of your children and your children's children and your children's children's children. I'm going to take care of you if you put your trust in me. But it also says like also that curse also goes from generation down to the fourth generation if you decide. And it's, we don't live under the curse because we have Jesus. So I want to say that as well. All right. You want to add anything else before I move forward? Uh, no, just I think that's like that's definitely where the the rubber meets the road for sure is with our children. And we, you know, she included that in her journal. She probably knew that mm -hmm. she has a little baby. She's a 22 year old mother nursing him in prison. Her prison becomes her palace, but she's not only is she not changing her mind and renouncing her faith, she's she's ready for it. Like this is what she was made for. I mean, it's just stronger faith than I can almost even fathom. Nice, nice. Okay, so we're going to continue to read. And this is concerning the dream she had. And, and we're going to talk about that uh, afterwards. And we're going to uh, move forward into our lesson. All right, we both stepped forward and begin to fight with our fists. My opponent kept trying to grab my feet, but I repeatedly kicked his face with my heels. I felt myself being lifted up into the air and began to strike him as one who was no longer earthbound. But when I saw that we were wasting time, I put my two hands together and linked my fingers and put his head between them. As he fell, on his face, I stepped on his head. Then the people began to shout, and my assistant started singing victory songs. I, wa I walked up to the trainer and accepted the branch. He kissed me and said, Peace be with you, daughter. Well, peace be with you, my daughter. And I triumphantly headed toward the Santa Vivarian gate, then I spoke up, realizing that I would be contending not with wild animals, but with the devil himself. That's discernment, wisdom, and faith. I knew, however, that I would win. I have recorded the events which occur up to the day before the final contest. Let anyone who wishes to record the events of, of the contest itself do so. Awesome. So, yeah, that's her vision. So her brother at you know, said, Hey, why don't you ask for a vision? She did. She received that vision from God. Um, and then the key statement in there is she realized she would be contending with the devil himself. It didn't, the, the gladiators, the beasts were just, you know, things in the arena. That's right. They're just symptoms of what she was truly facing. The end of the day, I like how it says, I knew, however, that I would win. Most people say, <laughs> but she died. My God, but she won. <laughs> She won. Yeah. She won. Yeah, so. She saw it all the way to the end. I always have this vision that I'm in the Coliseum and all of a sudden, look, man, there's lions all around me. I'm like looking around and I, I get down on my knees. I'm like freaking 
one of David's mighty men in front of all the Coliseum. I take these lions down like David did, you know, and all of a sudden the crowd just raw. They cheer for me. Look at Ty, the conqueror. <laughs> That's my dream. I hope I have strength to beat these lions out. But look, her goal, God's goal for her was to die, mm. was to suffer pain. And after she suffered pain, many, 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 many lives. I even looked up. I, I was beginning. I was going to look up and I will too. I just want to see her bloodline afterwards. You know, mm. I know her bloodline's blessed after that. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Absolutely. just know that if you if you suffer for God, you know, what did it say in Matthew 5 for those who suffer for righteousness sake? Okay. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil things falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. For great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Great is your reward in heaven if you go through suffering. But I want to let, if as a centralized truth, I want you to understand that God is with you. On the day of Pentecost, the Spirit fell upon those who believed in Jesus. And throughout the Bible, uh, the Spirit fell on those when they believed. And now we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. And now we are totally changed into a spirit being and we can accomplish great things. I want you to know that. All right. Amen. You want to add anything? And, and yeah. we're called to. We can and, and we're called to. And, and God will let you know that along the way, just like he let Perpetua know. And she sought him. I just want to add that she uh, she was bold. She was bold to ask God for a vision. She already knew that she was called to martyr. When her brother prompted her, she, uh, like Gideon, like Gideon in Judges chapter six, asked God if it's really you, because it's hard. It's not mm -hmm. so easy to uh, discern God's voice, it, but it can be done and it should be done. Mm -hmm. And that's the process. It's part of the process of building our faith. But um, she was bold to go for him uh, to to God and ask for clarity. And she received it. And and so have I when I have boldly and honestly, that's the key, with mm -hmm. confession uh, with an open heart, I have always received guidance. Mm -hmm. Amen. Uh, before we get to the questions and points, I, I would let you know, I would I would urge everybody to listen or to uh, watch a video on YouTube, uh, that, the complete story. The story, we're telling a condensed version just to get our point across in the time that we have. But this young lady had dreams and was martyred with other people. Like I said, she was set off. And a special, uh, a special form of martyrdom or murder, which they, uh, which they sicked a wild cow. They stripped them, they stripped them naked, and then the people complained, said, "No, nah, this isn't right." So then they put clothes onto her, and they had a mad cow go and uh, really uh, just tear them to pieces. And uh, Perpetual, being uh, the woman of God, she was man. If you just read the true account. It's just an amazing story. You know, at the end, the uh, the animal refused to finish the job. So they had to send a gladiator out to finish it. And he was a young gladiator. So he just kind of is cutting her in areas that are were not lethal. And, she, and he was, of course, scared. You know, I mean, Dave always says this is like it really takes a killer to kill. Be honestly, you can though you have a sword, you still got to be a killer. And this guy obviously wasn't a killer. 
and she herself had to direct the sword to a vital organ that mm -hmm. delivered the death blow. It's an amazing story. But I kind of want to get this move on to questions and points. This took place circa uh, 170 years after Christ's death and resurrection. Several generations had gone by. We've heard of people, we've we've heard of people dying for plenty leaders during the time they were alive or shortly after, but not hundreds of years. It continues today. Do you see this as evidence of the spirit's giftings? Have you read, studied, and sought help to find your spiritual giftings? So, I mean, this was long after, you know, about as long as the Civil War is from now. So, um, but I, I guess the point of this is to, to, to realize that there were lots of false messiahs back then before Jesus. There were, there were, they were pretty much constantly coming up and saying, you know, I'm, I'm a messiah, I'm a messiah. And then they would mm -hmm. die and then they would die. So Jesus rose and, and he lives today. People are still being martyred in, in, uh, in countries far from here, but, but it still goes on. The point is to, to realize that there's something to their belief. Mm -hmm. There is something. And it's an essential that we recognize that uh, as the people died, especially in Rome, the Christian church grew as people were dying, people were receiving life. And sometimes thinking about your own life, sometimes a death must, must take place for life to come about. You know, even the seed falls in the ground and dies before it can be raised up to produce the fruit that it produces. What in your life, what is it in your life that you have to die to today? You know, is it, um, is it anger? You know, is it overeating? Is it, you know, mismanaging your life? What is it in your life that you must die to today? And God says, I want you to die for my cause. Sometimes, have you ever witnessed something in your life where it says, you know, you don't necessarily, if you do this, like, look, if you do this, it's not like it's a sin, but God's saying, I need to get something to you. So I want you to stop doing this or start doing something, you know, you know, turning off um, law and order or uh, Chicago PD for, you know, a week, die to that. So during that time you can study my word and what you're going to get out of it is i have something special for you so i want you to to die to that television or that playstation or the xbox and i want you to add life during those times so it doesn't necessarily have to be a physical death sometimes god is asking us to die to something we love you know or be willing I, to sometimes yeah. you know it's yeah a matter of being willing to and all because God wants you to come to him. That's it. Just like we want our kids to come to us. God wants us to come to him. That's the reason. Yeah. Uh, it's not about good behavior and good marks. It's um, it's because he loves us and he wants a relationship with us. Yeah. And as a side note, I want you to know, like, if you turn yourself to God, if you want to learn, if you want to learn more of God, God wants you to learn more of him. Oh, God, yeah. God senses the heart. God looks at your heart. So when your heart gets turned towards God, I promise you, God is right there with you already saying, ooh, I, I I see that. You know, God asked me to stop doing something yesterday. It wasn't serious. It was just like he wanted me to die to something. He wanted me to stop doing something that is, uh, that's uh, you know, it's affecting my day. It, it's expect it's affecting the time of my day. To so say, hey, I want you to cut this back. And so 
He's been saying that, honestly, I'm about to tell him myself, he's been saying it for about a month. But yesterday, he said it to me, and it affected my heart. He gave me an mm -hmm. example. This is why I want you to stop it. And instantly, I turned my heart towards God. I instantly said, okay, I'm going to start right now. When I said that, I felt God's presence fill my heart because mm -hmm. God looks at my heart, even though my actions did not reflect it then because it was something that, you know, I was, I had, I wasn't doing at the time, but, you know, so I'll, I'll look, I'll tell you what it is. Here we go. I'll show you. What it was is God saying, you're eating too much and too late. And I want you to slow down. I don't want you to eat so much so late because I want you to spend time in my word and I want you to be able to sleep. Cause if I eat, look, I wake up at two o'clock in the morning, stumble downstairs, put five cookies in my mouth you know, maybe a cup of milk. And look, what I'm doing now is I'm sleeping extra long. I'm losing valuable time in the morning because my stomach's filled and I'm asleep. So God says, hey, I want you to cut back. I wasn't, I wasn't, I'm not into, I'm not in uh, the category of gluttony. I'm not in that category. However, God's saying, hey, look, I want you to cut that back. So you have time for with me in the morning instead of waking up like a blob. And I was like, word, I'm gonna do it. He kept on telling me, I kept on saying, I'm gonna do it. And all of a sudden, I'm just starving at, at night. But, you know, the last couple of nights, I have done well because, and I've woken up with energy and vitality. So I'm able to get on my knees, pray in the spirit, pray for a little while, focus on my day, pray for my friends and loved ones. And I see why God wants me. Hey, look, you're eating, you, your spontaneous eating could lead to other spontaneous activities. And I said, praise God. That was what God told me. So I had, in a sense, Certainly not like Perpetua, but I had, in a sense, I had to die to mm. uh, to a certain thing. And I want everybody to look at your life. Um, and I say that to say, and it's because, honestly, it's because I said, God, I want more of you. God, mm. I want to know you more. God, I want to yeah. get closer to you. And God says, okay, stop eating so much. I'm like, eating? You should have told me, <laughs> like, what's his name? Naaman. Naaman. Uh, Elijah said, go wash in the Jordan. And you're going to be healed. And he was like, what? You can tell me to kill 100 people. I mean, tell me to do something challenging. And his servant, name and servant had to say, look, only thing he asked you to do is wash. Hmm. And you'll be healed. Like, man, do it. You know? And God is saying that. Sometimes God just wants you to get rid of the little stuff so that you can experience him. Yeah. Or it's like, you know, God, I I'm ready to die for you. And he told me, why are you ready to live for me? Mm. <laughs> mm. That's powerful. And I, God's calling me to pray more lately and he'll just whispered in my ear and okay, all right, I'm going to just put this laundry here. And then, and I'm like, no, I've learned to do it now. Mm -hmm. And if I don't do it like right now, I'm going to pray, Lord God, here I am. I love you. I praise your name. I hear you call me. Mm -hmm. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Uh, it's, it's even that is hard. Yes. And that's what it, yes, it is. And that's what it comes all down to listening to the voice of God and being a willing vessel if you say, like, I know a lot of people saying, God, I want to be, I want to be used by you. God hears you when you say that. And God senses your heart when you say that. And I want you to know that it's just not in your, when you say, Lord, I want to be used by you. Let me tell you something. God has called you to want to be used by God. It's from the foundations of the earth. God yeah. says, I'm going to use him. I'm going to use her. I'm going to use her for my glory. And who knows, man, God might use you to die for his cause. And let me tell you, if you die for the cause of Christ, man, please. I'll look, I I would love to die. If I can die, if I can die anyway, you know, I I think it would be for the cause of Christ. That would be awesome. I know. Look, 
That would just be awesome. I believe you, man. I just feel that way. I totally believe you. I could see it in your heart. Like I know you enough to know that you're, you're speaking the truth and that's, that's, that's bold. That's real. We're starting to, I'm starting to come to the knowledge truly where ice, man, come on. I used to be scared of death. You know, a lot of people like, because I think that my life is just so important that me living is the ultimate thing. But God says like, look, everybody has a journey. Even my mother suffered seven and seven and a half years with kidney failure and she got her kidney. Now she's doing like too much yard work and stuff. She's everywhere. She's like living her best life. And I love it. <laughs> However, the Lord told me, he says, Ty, you know, if I took her from you, it would have been my will and it would have been the best thing for her. And right. I thought, and I thought about that, like, man, for a person to die in Christ, my mother been, has been in the ministry since the 1980s, probably 1983, you know, coming up on 30, 30 years, 40, you know, 40, sorry, 40 years coming up on 40 years in the ministry. And if God t- took her, my God, she's done her work. She was telling yeah, right. me a story about how she laid a, a la- <laughs> she was telling me a story today about how she laid her hands on this lady in the, in the backyard. Uh, mm-hmm. she was at the, at the point in the eighties, they were getting people, you know, now that you receive Christ now about what about the baptism of the Holy spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And so at that time she was praying everybody who she met who was saved. She was like, well, are you baptized in the spirit? And they'd be like, no, do you want it? Just say this. Say, yeah, I want it. And then she lay hands. And so of course the spirit would fall. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's a physical sign that Jesus is Lord the evidence of speaking in tongues. But then there's this lady, of course, I'm talking about my mother as a young 23-year-old Christian. There's a young lady who said, no, I don't want that. Mom said, I laid hands on her anyway. And I was like, mm-hmm. what happened? And she's like, she fell on the ground and started speaking on, in tongues. I oh, was wow. like, dang. It just made me see like, man, mom and dad were in the ministry back in the day. You know, in my 20s, I was not in the ministry. I was in, I was in another ministry, you know. That's they good used, to know. Usually that, had yeah. neon lights, you know, but right. <laughs> they were in the ministry ministry. They were serving God at that young in age. the very prime of their lives. Yeah, that's right. At the prime of their life, they were serving God. And they raised us to serve God, and boy, did she raise us! Awesome. But okay, so let's get into application. All right, so we're going to talk about the immediate application, and here's your challenge: pray about perpetual story and faith. Mm. Place yourself there place ourselves Mm. there has god shown us has god shown us incredible mercy by not placing us in such a situation but by giving us this and other examples Mm. i want you to consider that there's not much to say about that i want you to consider that for your life you know the bible says that him that puts his hand to the plow if he looks back he's not fit for god's kingdom i love that verse because once you start this journey in christ it's also very important that you continue therein. I'm not saying you're not going to have bad days. You're not going to fall. There's not going to be slips or hangups. But you should always look to Christ, who's the author and the finisher of your faith. And as you do, God's going to show you the way to go. But consider Perpetual and her faith and her story. And those from Stephen all the way down to these martyrs who are suffering now in these foreign countries, consider them and consider yourself. And what, what, where are you placed in this world? Amen. Stephen, man, you mentioned Stephen brought the Lord up off his throne. That's right. Yeah, Jesus stood see up. See him standing. Him. He said, I see the Lord standing. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
And Stephen said the same thing Jesus said. So don't don't charge this to their account. Who can say that? I'm yeah, saying right. get them, God. <laughs> I'm joking. You know, but you're right. That 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 is a spirit of martyrdom to be able to say, Lord, don't don't charge this to their account and mean it. And mean it. I, I love I love the story, you know, the church in South Carolina where Mr. Dylan Roof went in and shot everybody in that church. You know, in South Carolina, you hear it, them, this, the spirit, they're all saying, we forgive him, we forgive him. And everybody was saying, how can you forgive him? Don't lie. Don't say you can forgive him. But look, they forgave him. They forgave yeah. him for what they did. Yeah, yeah. Look it up. That church, that whole church was like, we forgive him. And this little kid mm -hmm. went in and shot up everybody in that church. And they, they, they only spoke of forgiveness. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. You know, everybody has their goal. Everybody has their journey. I'm not saying that I could have done that or you could do that. But at the end of the day, once the spirit fills you, you don't know what you can accomplish. I want everybody to know that as your as your challenge as well. Understand that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you know, 50 days ago, Peter was uh, being restored to Jesus. 50 days before the day of Pentecost, he, Jesus was saying, Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. You know, a couple of days ago, 53 days, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing around times, Peter was saying, I don't know Jesus. I'm not his follower. But once that spirit fell on the day of Pentecost, Peter's sitting there preaching the best sermon, uh, one of the best sermons recorded. 3,000 yep. souls came. Yep. And so I want everybody to understand that once the spirit, once you're endowed with the Holy Spirit, once you receive the Holy Spirit, once you be, once you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit comes and rests inside of you. It happens. And you must know that you have the ability. You have the ability to um, to accomplish great feats in the spirit, allow yourself to grow in God and be baptized in the Holy spirit, just as those were on the day of Pentecost. All we're right. Called, we're all called. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And a long-term application. Remember this story, work it out into long-term memory and be able to recall it when the spirit guides you to instead of study it further. Like I said, look into this story. There's a lot of people who have, many references to their story, like Dave said in the manuscript, there's actual witnesses to this story happened. This is not a, this is not make-believe. These people were dying. Uh, a good book uh, to read, Fox's The Book of the Martyrs, Fox's Book of the Martyrs, that talks about uh, a lot of martyrs, including Perpetua, from the times of Stephen all the way up to the second, you know, century in the third century, I believe. So look at that book. And it's just, if you want to read more about martyrs, uh, what else we got, Dave? Uh, just, you know, yeah. Like find, find an opening into knowing Jesus. Uh, this, this was one for me when I started school, because this was like one of the first history classes I took. And I, we, this was part of the reading and it just, it just stopped me because obviously, I mean, it's just such a strong witness. So um, when I meet people like Ty, I remember I met, when I first met you, somehow this, she came up perpetual and you're like, oh yeah, I know the story is like, we had a common link. We had a bond, sure. you know, sure. Bobby and Antoine were like, what are they talking about? But it's, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, find it, find an opening to know Jesus, something that interests you and get in there and learn more and, um, Absolutely. tell it to your kids. Absolutely. Dave, would you mind praying us out, sir? Yes, sir. Father God almighty. Jesus, uh, in your name and Holy Spirit, thank you for coming and filling us like a balloon. You just, you fill us and you make us able to um, 
do what you would have us to do. Thank you for the story of Perpetua, Lord God. Um, we know she's up there with you. We we thank you, Perpetua. Like we, you can hear us. We thank you uh, for for being so bold. And Jesus, we thank you for being so merciful and forgiving when we have weak faith to just keep to call us back and say, "Come on, little one, stand up and try again." And we do. And like I was saying with that empty bar, and then we're doing 25s and then 135, 225. And, uh, and then we've got faith that can move this mountain. Jesus, we thank you. Holy Spirit, we love you. Father God, we praise you.